Hello, my name is Joel Ingram, and this is Crisis to Crushing It. Today I have with me Thomas Cuddy, author and powerlifter. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, good, can't complain. You're just wrapping up the day, you? Yeah, busy day. Um, yeah, so what are you up to? This is, uh, I've listened to some of your podcasts, pretty good. It's a new venture for you. Yeah, it's um, basically I, I, about two or three years ago, I, I went through this, for lack of a better word, a crisis um, right. with regard to um, not knowing who I was, what I wanted, and just life just felt really, really difficult. Yeah. Um, um, and I was at the point where I had a bit of a victim mindset going on and it felt like all the powers I did elsewhere other than within me, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, as I went through it, I've, I've asked myself questions. I've joined masterminds and groups and sort of like, again, co coaches and therapy and <laughs> all, yeah. all, you know, all sorts of different things to try and move myself through it. Um, I'm still in search. I don't think it's something I'll ever fully reach because I'm, I like learning anyway. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I just wanted to share my story and, inspire other people to take action rather than just settling for if something's not right or it doesn't feel right for them that they can yeah. take action and make a change if they want it. Small steps. Yeah. Small, yeah, man. Yes. Yeah, small steps. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is why I'm doing this. It's good. You know, it's uh, I, I'm not going massive on social media. I, I want, I'd like it to be more organic and try and get some involvement from the audience, you know? Yeah. Has it helped? Is it helping you? Making, I enjoy this because you you don't tend to have the conversations with like uh, with people that you interview. Yeah, you don't have those deep, meaningful conversations with people. Yeah, you know I mean, you can it's 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 real connection. Like you know, it's I think it's awesome. I really enjoy it. Like, <laughs> I know what you mean. when you say hello, how are you normally during the day? They yeah. don't really want to know how you are. No, no, that's right. No, it's just cursory glances, isn't it? And uh, yeah, they're just waiting to get past. Like you know. So, social nicety. So that's, that's exactly what it is, a social nicety, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, I like to dig into people's stories and there's an element of the way that I ask the questions is, is, is to bring um, elements from your own story out, maybe more visible for you too, you know, um, because these resources that have got you to this point. Yeah. Um, whether, whether you're aware or not, you, you can then apply it across, across your life rather than just thinking of it in one perspective or one context, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, the bridge you've come to, most of us will come to, yeah. or we have come to, um, if, if it's not in your life now, there's something will come that's, uh, hard to handle. And, and when that comes, you need, you need some kind of resilience. You need something uh, to tackle it. That's my opinion. Um, like you, I had a crisis, but it was uh, external events that, that, that caused it. Not, I wouldn't say it was a midlife crisis. It was uh, my sister died of cancer when she was 38. Okay. And a year later, my father died. And at that time, also, I was working as a personal trainer doing GP referral. Okay. So, People who were contraindicated indicated to exercise, I would, uh, you know, exercise is good for you. You know that, I know that. Uh, but to to do it safely, say if you have diabetes, you've got to take care of your feet. You've got to have um, 
maybe a sugary drink or something in case you become, you know, hypoglycemic or hypoglycemic. And you got to take your blood sugar before, during, and after. So that's just one example. But there, there would be people with, you know, bone problems, arthritis. And it's, it's difficult to move, you know, when, you're, uh, when you've got those problems. But um, there is a way to do it safely. And I, I was helping people to do that. But the, the job I was in, they wanted to get rid of that because it doesn't, uh, you don't make money out of sick people. And very few of them, you might be helping them, but very few of them will, uh, will actually join the gym and stay on. And they weren't finding it a, a money-making proposition. So uh, effectively, I, I think I was being demoted at that time. And I wasn't happy with that personally. I actually got another job managing a, a, a gym. But then I heard my sister was sick. I knew my father was sick. Uh, he, had a, he had eventually died of heart failure. But he had a year where he could be, he was <gasps> breathing. Breathing uh -huh. is difficult. And you can't do anything except witness this suffering. And you're helpless. Yeah. Um, so I think what I did was kind of cowardly. I ran away. Uh, I just left left Ireland at that time. Uh, I just couldn't take it. It was too much. Too much. Those, those three things combined. So I ended up in Cambodia, in Phnom Penh. In a, I spent a year in, um, <laughs> in the capital guest house in Phnom Penh. Maybe some people know it. Uh, in a, a room with no windows. Uh, that's where I wrote the book you saw, the second one. Okay. Which I haven't reread. I, I think it must be nonsense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd be afraid to rewrite. <laughs> well, the state of mind I was in, I think it must be. But um, uh, during that, that, that was certainly a crisis. I had a bleak outlook. I saw nothing ahead but a, a long gray waste. Uh, for any of us, you know, I, I just viewed humanity in a negative light. Um, and, but I kept going, I kept enduring. Um, and the, the, the things I learned to cope with it in, in, in Southeast Asia, Buddhism is everywhere. Hmm. Um, here in Ireland, it's Catholicism in Wales. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, actually we grew up with, with the idea of, um, life is sort of a test. You're born with an original sin. You're born out of sin, and you have to pass this test to either, you know, get into heaven if you if you pass. If you fail, you're going to burn forever for maybe <laughs> yeah. what is it, fifty, sixty, seventy years of uh, not being good. The punishment is forever, um, and that's that's a. If you believe it, I know most people are probably they would take it as uh, allegorical and just a story. But if you believe that, it, it weighs on you. Um, Buddhism then, Buddhism seems to me, it, it, it fits densely populated countries because it's about tolerance. This is my take on it now. I didn't study it in any depth. But um, uh, one of the things they do is meditate. And meditate isn't really um, what you might think of uh, delving into your thoughts and so on. It's, it's actually just focusing on your breathing. You breathe in. You breathe out, and while you're focused, that's all you're thinking of. Your mind can empty. Now, they do try to, thoughts will come in. You're supposed to just observe them passively and let them pass. Uh, and this helps. I, I power lift now, and I do that before a big lift. I just empty my mind uh, because you lift, don't you? Yeah. 
Yeah, I did. I did live. I've just started back yesterday with my daughter. So. Yeah, well, you, you know, if you have a, a heavy a heavy weight, say you're doing a squat and it's heavy to you, that's relative to each individual. Uh, if at that last moment a negative thought comes in and something says, and there always is, there's that little voice says, you can't lift this. Well, if you listen to that, you can. So you've, <laughs> got to, you've got to push it aside. Um, and if you, your mind is so powerful, if you give it the command to lift, it'll try, it'll strive, it'll push the body. Probably, maybe even too much, you know. You can get a bad injury because the, the, the mind is so strong if you can harness it. So one of the things was uh, I learned was sort of meditation, be in the moment. Um, I felt that these deaths were unfair. Not, not so much for my father, but my sister. She, 38, was young. And I had a, a huge wall of emotion that was always there, like a big black wave about to, to crash down. And to deal with that, that took a while. Um, and the steps, the steps were, I would say, harnessing the mind in a, in a positive way. So uh, I found out about, if you, if you start searching, you find out these things. You probably know some, a lot of this stuff that I, because you had the same sort of search. Yeah. Uh, one was uh, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Someone called it uh, by a different name, rational emotional therapy. Um, so how you think, what you do, and how you feel are all connected in a, in a triangle. If you can change one, you'll influence the other two. So if you're feeling, say if you're feeling a bit down, and we all feel a bit down sometimes, and you go for a walk, well, physically you're, you're doing something that's releasing uh, adrenaline, endorphins, walk hard, um, and it'll change your mindset. You'll feel a bit better. Now, everything won't be perfect, but you'll feel a bit better. Uh, and that's an important tool as well. All these resources, these tools, you can, when things get hard, you can rely on them um, and they help you. Um, so those were a few of the things I, I learned uh, to cope with my difficulties. What about you? You, you know, you mentioned um, uh, becoming aware of how powerful the mind was. Yeah. Is that purely after um, the passing of your, your father and your sister, or, or were you already on that journey before those incidents? <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, well, I'd written a book before, and that one got published by Synergy eBooks, but it didn't sell. It was called uh, uh, The Predator's Prey. No, Prey Hunt Delight. That was the first one, and the second one was The Predator's Prey. Um, uh, was I already on the journey? I don't know. I was, uh, when I went to Cambodia, I was doing a lot of uh, cardiovascular exercise. I weighed, I weighed 85 kg. But then I started to lift heavy there because um, that was a way of coping as well. I just got stronger and stronger. I think when I left, I could do like, I don't know, 10 reps in the deadlift with 180 kg at, at about the same body weight. Now I'm about 112 kg. I've been powerlifting. I got up to a 252 and a half kg deadlift. Nice. Look free in my forties. Uh, 155 kg bench press, 235 kg squat. Uh, this was in my forties. Then I had an injury. I tore a pec. Um, but I was drug free. Now some people are probably not impressed by that. They were, maybe I'm I the am. only one. <laughs> no, I am. Yeah. But. Uh, um, and that's, that, that comes really from the mind, not the body. I think we're, you know, 
that was just putting blinkers on, ignoring everyone, and you just find your own way. Mm. Um, and it, in, I'm doing a college course now, and that's what one of the lecturers said. He said, uh, you guys, you're going to have to end up teaching yourselves because we can't show you everything. We can't show you. You have to go and read the books. You'll have to go to the library. So you're, in the end, you're your own teacher. You're your own coach. Um, uh, but that too is, is, is kind of a lesson. Oh, are, you, are you religious? Um, I don't know if I class myself as religious. I believe in a higher power. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't know if I'd stick a, a faith on it. Yeah, I'm not religious either, but the, the, the longer I live, the more I think there has to be some meaning to it. Coming from that uh, black time when I when I felt there was no meaning to um, yeah 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 no I hear you on that it's uh, when it gets dark it can get very dark <laughs> yeah so okay um, yeah so I I meditate as well as uh, I I, re- I re- thoroughly recommend meditation I mean it's uh, just being able to give your brain that rest which it sorely needs sometimes and we don't and a lot of people are not even aware that it needs that type of rest. Yeah, no? it does. Yeah, uh, and good sleep and so on. Um, maybe eating healthy. Uh, well, I, I powerlifter eat a lot of calories, so you know, I don't practice what I preach there. But um, yeah, I think self care. Self care is important. Massive. So, yeah. So there is meditation. Um, some people who have a strong religious faith that helps them, uh, because uh, as we've said, if if Something you feel you can't handle hasn't come into your life yet. It will. It's, it's lurking there. And people should maybe be taught these skills that, so that they, they can handle it. Um, because, you know, if you can see past the moment, uh, you know, good things. There, there's a lot of good, good stuff in life as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Um, could, we, could we divert a little bit to... Um to what's going on in your world right now, something that's going on for you? Yeah, uh, well, when I came back, uh, uh, I didn't get back into the into the GP referral or the personal training because uh, I, I just focused on powerlifting. So I started um, started competing with the uh, what was then the Irish Drug Free Powerlifting Association. It's now the we split with them. Now we're the Irish Drug Free Powerlifting Federation. We're affiliated to the. WDFPF, World Drug Free Powerlifting Federation. Um, and I got into that and started competing, which I, I, I don't think I would have ever considered before. I'd have been too shy to get up in, in a singlet and lift in front of a lot of people. I was, I was at a point where I didn't really care. Uh, uh, and maybe that was a positive. Um, so, I, uh, you know, with them, they, do, uh, they test 10% of their lifters in competition. Uh, it's a urine test. Now, I know that can be beaten, but it's probably the best. I think it's the best tested federation out there because there are other federations who shall rename, remain nameless that we, you know, you see things and you kind of you know, even though they're saying they're tested, that, uh, you know, uh, a, a bull elephant wouldn't, uh, wouldn't lift what some of the women in these federations lift. Yeah. So... Um, so I did that and, and won a lot with them, and it was fun. I'm still doing it. Uh, in 2013, I tore a pec, this one here, the right pec, the sternal head of the 
pectoralis major. It was uh, the tendon ripped from the bone. Oh. So I thought that, that might be the end, but um, uh, I went to a physio two days later and she missed the tear. So that's why I have no faith in physios. I knew something was wrong with she. And I said, no, no, it'll heal up. The thing had detached, you know. And at that, with this kind of injury, it's important to get it uh, seen too quickly because what happens is it detaches, it curls up, it moves uh, towards the, the, the middle of your chest and it heals there and and then it becomes intractable. It can't be stretched back. Okay. So, uh, seven months later, uh, I had an operation. I, in the meantime, I went to see a, a proper sports doctor, had an MRI, and he could see that it would, uh, the, the sternal, there's two heads. I've learned all this subsequently. Two heads for your pectoralis major. Uh, they cur- one goes over, one goes under. The sternal head is the one that goes under, and they, they attach into your uh, humerus. Almost at the shoulder, not where you think, but almost at the shoulder. And uh, the, the the sternal head had torn off. The other one was still intact. Uh, I got my bench back up to 135 kg paused. And, but that was the, the half that was still remaining was doing that work. But there was a lot of uh, DOMS, delayed uh, onset muscle soreness afterwards, uh, which it didn't feel normal. And so... Uh, Anyway, I had the MRI, had the operation, which was a direct attachment, but uh, that didn't work. Um, not to my satisfaction, anyway. Uh, when I started doing chin-ups, my elbow was shooting out at an odd angle, and when I was deadlifting, the the arm was bending, which is very dangerous in a in a deadlift because you can detach your bicep. Okay. So I, I was told in Ireland nothing could be done. I contacted um, uh, uh, a surgeon in England. He said, "No, we can." Uh, come over and see me. So I went over to see him and, and he had a look at it and he said, yeah, we can, we can, I can fix it. And I can, I can give you in that muscle, I can get it back to 70% of what, what it was before the injury. And now bench press is a compound exercise. So I could make up the rest with the, with the you know, with the other muscles around it, the synergistic muscles. So uh, I did that. The, the problem with this is it's a uh, procedure is called an allograft. So they put in, um, donor tissue. So in my case, it was the Achilles tendon from a cadaver, from a donor. Okay. Uh, it's treated so you won't get infected and so on. And from my understanding, uh, your body uses this uh, tendon as a bridge. So over time, uh, the cells in the, in the donor tissue are replaced by my own cells. Holy moly. Uh, but that takes a year. And uh, it's never quite as strong as what was there. It's, there are bolts put in the, in the bone and it's uh, with a sort of quilted stitching, the muscle is stitched back onto the, so that's a, you know, there's a complete kinetic chain. Um, and it's eventually, incredible. yeah. Uh, uh, so I gave it the year, I stopped training, all my strength went, you know, it's reversible. So I built back now to, uh, I competed in the Worlds, in, in the Masters 2 uh, and 1. And my, nice. squat, my squat was 215 kg, which is down 20 kg, I think. Uh, the bench is 142.5 kg. It's just down 12.5 kg from, from my best. And the deadlift was 220. I got 225, but they said I lifted it wrong. Uh, well, my knee went under the bar, you know. So you can, that's uh, against the rules. So I'm, I'm working back on that uh, as a hobby. Uh, it's a good hobby, you know, and, and that's, that focuses the mind as well. That gives you kind of a meaning. Um, yeah. You know, it's not a very... It, it, <laughs> 
a lot of people don't care about it. They say, oh, you do powerlifting. They think it's bodybuilding or something. But it's a, for yourself, it's a good hobby. Um, I don't think anyone will get rich powerlifting. Um, you know, maybe one or two exceptions. But even you know, the most famous powerlifter in the world, Ed Cohen, he could walk down the road here in Ireland. No one would know, or very few. So, uh, but it's, it's fulfilling for the, for the individual. And besides that, Ben, as well, I'm, I'm, I was driving a truck. Uh, I did a lot of weird stuff. I, I got a um, truck driver's license when I came back. Uh, sea license is called here in Ireland to drive a rigid up to 10 tons. I did that for a while. Uh, I didn't really enjoy it, to be honest. But, it, you know, you make some money. Uh, and now I've started up. I'm in second year of a four-year degree course in uh, visual communications here in CIT. I'm stealing their computer for this. <laughs> That's why it took me so long. We're in a room, there's no one here, which is good. The other room, there's two girls there. I think I'd be shy to. <laughs> they wonder what I'm talking about, you know. Oh, cool, man. Okay, so you're getting things done. So what's, um, yeah. what's the plan with this qualification? Uh, it's two more years. Um, and uh, then we'll see where that leads. It's pretty tough, but, you know. Uh, the challenge is good. There's a bit of grind to it, but you know, I, I like the grind now. Yeah, you feel yeah. embrace it, do you? Yeah, I kind of like the grind. It's same with the powerlifting. It's it's horrible when you, no one wants it. You know, if you enjoy training, you're not doing it right. Someone wants to. Um, there's pain involved, you know. Or if the, if you don't, yeah, I think there is pain involved. You know, a lot of people have. Um, they look at uh, all the different training programs like small off or uh, all the different ones, 531, you know, you, you can read it up, they're all up, on, um, up online. So oh, this one is the best or this one is the best. Uh, but I asked a, a friend of mine who's, he's in our Hall of Fame, I call Mark Lane in England. So what's the best one? He said, they're all good. If you believe it, that's the best one. Yeah, belief. <laughs> yeah. If you believe it, it'll work for you. Yeah. Because they're all basically just over time, increasing the weight a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and it all adds up. Same with diets. <laughs> same with diets. Everything is uh, consistency. Yeah. And if, if you get sick, if you get a, a little bit of an injury, you're driven backwards like snakes and ladders. You go all the way back. So it's balancing. Yeah, yeah indeed. Yeah. Okay. What about you? What are you working at? Um, what am I working at? I, I'm on my podcast. So I'm an aircraft engineer by trade. Um, is the the podcast is just me trying to get my message out there, trying to help people. I got a, I feel a big need to, you know, I'm interested yeah. enough to push this out to try and help others, just to try and shift perspective and alter them, and give them a different choice. Are they commercial aircraft? They are. How safe are we? Are uh, yeah. very safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is my. Uh, my my hobby um, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it at the moment so uh, I'm going to stick at it yeah how many people have you you interviewed um, I think I've got I think you've been number 14 okay so, you 14 yeah early days but uh, I'm 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 set on this for long term you know this is not uh, just a, a one-off glitch this is uh, something I've, like I've really started to like uh, podcasts like um like we talked about Joe Rogan's podcast. I think he must be uh, popular. Uh, London Real, I've listened to that. Yep. Dorian Yates was on it. Very interesting. Um, 
he, he follows a HIT training, high intensity, sort of uh, the Mike Mincer, heavy duty type thing. Uh, I think that's maybe why he got so, so many injuries, um, because it's high re- reward, but high risk. You've got to, you go all out, one set all out, warm up and go for it. That's Arthur nice. Jones, have you heard of Arthur Jones? No. Um, the first machines, I think, used commercially in gyms and so on were invented by uh, this guy, Arthur Jones. He, he founded Nautilus. Uh, oh, yeah. Had, yeah. yeah. Actually, in Cork here, I saw a pullover machine to, to do your lats, Nautilus pullover machine. Um, and it's supposed to be very good, you know. He also did, um, uh, he came up with that uh, concept of high-intensity training. Uh, the type that bodybuilders use. Powerlifters, some powerlifters use it as well. Uh, most don't like to go to failure. Go all out, you know, all out in one set to failure. And they do negative reps and assisted reps and lots of, you know. Um, they do back-to-back. They, they pre-exhaust the legs and then start squatting, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, that, that was on London Real, and that that guy, he he was a, I think he was a, um, a Wall Street guy, uh, who had some kind of a crisis as well. Okay. Drugs, and he started up uh, London Real. Oh, is, yeah, yeah, Brian Rose. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's the one I did the training with for this podcast. <laughs> did you? He's selling. Yeah, I was saying, I was saying to myself maybe because he was, um, he's uh, he's advertising that he's selling these uh, how how to start your own podcast now yeah yeah that's how i started <laughs> yeah oh yeah. good luck with it yeah yeah thank you so okay um so earlier on you mentioned when you had those things uh those incidents in your life you mentioned uh for the need for resiliency yeah. so what, what what do you think in your past with the exception of those two incidents prepared you f- for coping or being able to deal with those things because this this stuff's not really taught at school I think, yeah, I think um, I felt like I was filling up, that there was nothing uh, like, you know, they say you've had it up to here, you've had it up to the eyeballs. Mm. That's what it felt like, that um, it was a problem after a problem. The work wasn't good. Sister got sick. The father is sick. I can't take this. You know, what am I going to do? Am I going to go out and hang myself? or No. So I, I talked to my sister and she, at that time, it was an aggressive cancer. It was very unusual. It was breast cancer. But... She told me she was going to be okay, that the doctors had said that. I said, I want to get out of here. He said, go. So I went, um, and uh, w- when I got the news, uh, she'd, already, she, she'd already died. I got it on, on a bus. I was going, um, there's a place in Cambodia called Sayanukville. There was a king, King Sayanuk, and they named us after him. He died recently, actually. Actually, Cambodia is in the news today over uh, all the Pol Pot era people are being prosecuted for, you know, the Khmer Rouge. All right. Interesting place. Uh, um, Errol Flynn had a son, and he disappeared. He was a cameraman for a newspaper. He disappeared, I think, in Cambodia in the 70s. And his mother mother spent a huge amount of money trying to find him. They never found his bones. They think he was killed by the Khmer Rouge. Um, And there's a S21. You could look that up. There's a place in, in the middle of... Phnom Pen, where they used to process people, it's it's a bit like Auschwitz, uh, in, uh, southeastern Asian Auschwitz. Uh, they used to process people. You see all their photos on the wall. It's very, very disturbing. Very so, 
it's a strange place to end up. Uh, Phnom Penh is, uh, it is the third world and it's, it looks like a post-apocalyptic France kind of thing, like a Paris, because okay. the French built it uh, and they built it, they tried to make it look like, um, like Paris. They laid it out the same, the streets and so on. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's a strange sort of twilight world for me anyway, because uh, the sun comes up at six all throughout the year in the morning and goes down at six in the evening and, yeah. and, and your days and it, it gets hot, hotter, hot and rainy. And those are the seasons. And that after, after a while becomes a bit monotonous. Um, even the sky looks different the way you look at the moon. It's a different shape than here. Um, no way. Yeah. So it, it kind of suited uh, the strange mindset I had at the time. Uh, and, and the people who were there, they were like the flotsam of, of the world, you know, Americans, uh, Germans, all kind of, <laughs> how do you put it politely? Uh, they washed up there, you know, uh, and they had... I don't know if you have ten thousand euros, you could. Or it's sterling there, isn't it? Or you're, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, if you have a, a couple of grand, you can live well there, um, and easily. So that that you know, I taught English for a bit, but uh, very very briefly, a couple of weeks. Uh, I didn't need to, uh, mm. and, and I think slowly, it's like the mind knew it. I need to. It needs to heal. You know, when you're hurt physically, um, uh, you kind of say, say if you, you injure your leg, you favor the other leg and you're protecting the leg because there's pain when you put it down. So if your mind, if there's something your mind can't face, this is what I found. Uh, you could be, everything I say is just my opinion, but the mind um, will sort of protect itself. It'll, uh, it'll filter out anything that's uh, extraneous, anything that, that isn't helping in that moment. And you, you kind of, uh, you go inward and rebuild on your resources in there. So the blackness lifts, but it's a, I, I think what I should have done was stayed, gone to the funerals. Funerals now I understand are like, um, they're not for the dead, the dead are, are past it, but the funerals are for the living to sort of, say goodbye and, and to, to put a, a full stop and a meaning behind it. Uh, the ritual is important. Uh, and I missed all that by staying away. Uh, my father, the week before he died, a couple of weeks, we had a phone call and he, he, he said, come home. So I was in the process, but something in me was resisting. And then I got a call that he died. And I came home a couple of months after. I didn't come home straight away. I was, uh, I, I, I saw everything in, in Ireland as negative because when I left, it was about 2000. Uh, it, the crash had just happened. We had an economic crash here uh, where the bankers had really in a disgraceful way had uh, damaged the country um, and maybe people's greed as well, if we're honest. Uh, but I just saw this place as uh, negative. Now I'm back. I kind of like it again. I see the good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yes, that's great. I mean, so... Looking, looking back on those incidents uh, and the fact that you weren't able to process or uh, draw a line in the things and put a full stop, like you mentioned, mm. how, do you, how, did you, how did you manage to do that? 
having. I think you have to talk. You've got to talk to people. You can't you can be a man and keep it inside. That's not going to work. You know, be a man, keep it inside, and and uh, that's why so many young people. I, actually, I think having being in the college now, I'm the oldest guy in our class. I think they're better. You know, they're, they're taller, better teeth, uh, better looking. They've evolved. Uh, better nutrition, um, uh, and I and everyone's calling them a snowflake generation. They're not. They talk about things. I think it's much healthier. Uh, and all the stuff that was wrong in Ireland socially, the Catholic Church and all their abuse came out, and people said no. We've had enough of that, and they don't have that power anymore. We used to be afraid of the priests, you know. We had Christian brothers uh, in, in, I went to Deer Park School here in Cork. If you stepped out of line, you know, they'd, they'd hit you uh, and hurt. That's all gone. So as a place, Ireland is better. For me personally, I think uh, if I was more like the people, the young guys of today and women, would have been better. You've got to talk things out, um, and that way you resolve it. And so I just talked it out, talked it out. So when you asked me on here, I was saying, yeah, the reason I'm here is to, because it might help someone to say, even that, you know, look up rational, emotional therapy. Um, you know, if you learn a simple thing, meditate, which just focus on your breathing. Those two things, take a bit of exercise, look after yourself physically. The rest will come. Uh, and talk it out and try and reach out to people. If you're lonely out there, there's, there's, the world is full of people. There's no reason to be lonely. Just join into something. Uh, for me, it was powerlifting. It could have been anything. You know, the actual thing itself, in a way, doesn't matter. But go to do what you're interested in. Um, what you're doing now, you you did it yourself, didn't you? You're interested in, in, in talking to people and finding out. So the podcast is an outlet. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, this is. I mean, the beginning part of this show I'll put out there anyway, um, because I think it's an important part of the message. You know, um, yeah. I think as I don't know, it's strange. Like, I don't know if it goes back to like the war era or you know the industrial age. But I'm, I'm reading books at the moment, um, and, and they're saying how uh, in the old days, when before pre-industrial age, mm. when you as a young kid, you would have been in the farmer's field with your dad. And yeah. his brother and his uncle and his dad, and you would have been discussing stuff that was going on at home. Yeah. Uh, but then the industrial age kicks in. I, obviously, this is just a book I've read, and then they're saying that that was all pretty much went out the window because although you didn't work with other men, you were, you you can't really have the discussions you would have or as intimate as you would have with your family, you know. Yeah. So then the, the the lack there's a lack then of fatherly figures to to raise you and guide you and nurture you, which is what's needed. So what's then replaced with then is then women replace this. You know? Yeah. So it's 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 an interesting it's it's interesting how industry has created uh, an environment where early on men felt the need to keep everything in and be macho and on all the BS that goes with it. Yeah. Whereas for me, true strength is, is being being strong, but not just yeah. strong of body, but strong of mind and, and, and the ability to be tender and caring as well, you know? Or if you're strong enough to admit you're vulnerable, that's a strength. Oh, wow. So and not so cover it up. Yeah, man, I tell you, that's uh, I see it's just the old time in work is people struggling and they, you know, they're just biting their lip and I'm like, yeah. let's, let's talk. 
Well, I think in fairness, in Ireland now it's getting better because they have, um, there's a, a where in Ireland, uh, you can look them up online and they have, um, uh, there's free courses you can do for your, for your mental health, uh, for your wellbeing, you know, self, self-care. Um, and there, there are men's sheds. I don't know if you have them in, in Wales. Men's sheds? Yeah. Where the oh. people who are, you know, there's a, they found us as a, a lot of lonely old men in Ireland. So they, they have uh, sheds where they go and they do things like they, they have projects or they'll, they'll make things or they'll uh, get involved in um, helping the community one way or the other. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and that's an outlet as well for people. So, you know, people should use these things and not be, not be afraid or ashamed or, um, you know, being involved in the club, being involved if you're a, maybe you're a, 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 a person who likes their own company. Well, there's other ways to reach out, you know, uh, online, say if you're into books, everyone's into something. Um, do, do you, I bet you enjoy your podcast more than your um, fixing an engine. <laughs> do you? I do. I do. I love, I love this because I love the connection, I, uh, you know, the, the human element of it. Like, you know, yeah. it's uh, especially, yeah, it's just, it's gives, just hearing your story gives me, adds value to my life and to everyone that's listening to it. A strange thing in Cambodia as well is uh, I got more, uh, you know, you, you've got a facade, uh, the, the public face of what you should be. Uh, and, you know, you should go to school, you should have this career, you should have that career. Uh, which really is arbitrary. You shouldn't, uh, it, it doesn't matter. In Cambodia, I couldn't understand anyone. I, didn't, I don't speak Khmer. Uh, even a couple of words I, I, I learned, I forgot. Uh, so you're forced into your own resources. If, you know, you can meet the expats and, and hang around with them. Um, but they're all, most of the guys I saw there were involved in their own struggles. The ones who stayed, you know, if you stay and you, you you stay in Phnom Penh, there's something up, you know. A lot of people come and visit and go, and it's nice, that's fine. But to stay there, you know, something's up. Uh, voluntarily, you know, something's up. Um, because you're going to see, I mean, I saw gunfights. I saw even three of the people I knew there died. No, one of them ended up, uh, he ended up in, in uh, they call it the monkey house in prison. Um, uh, it, it's, it's, um, it kind of it fits a dark mood. It's not the best place to be or to stay. But anyway, I couldn't understand people, so I was forced back into my own resources. And slowly then you can rebuild. Uh, so you were challenged, say, with this, what, what's it all about? Mm. Just, it, it's, a, it's a question that comes to most people. What is it all about, you know? And, and the meaning we, 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 that life has is the one we give it, I think. It's up to you. You have to answer that. What's it all about for you? Probably different than what, what, what it's all about for me. I want you to realize that it sets you on a path. Um, and, you know, like you say, we, we don't know it all yet. We're not at the end. Um, but it is worth it's The journey is worthwhile. That's what I feel now. Whereas before, maybe I didn't. You know? Yeah, yeah, so true, man. Can you, can you remember any of the questions you asked yourself when you was on this path that same thing um you know there's more of a feeling of how unfair it is you know your sister's 28 she had two kids and she didn't to die that young that that wasn't it felt to me somehow wrong against the, the order of nature this is wrong 
And that was that black wave. And when I came back, I had to talk it out to face the black wave. Running away doesn't, you know, wherever you go, there you are. Your problems will go with you. Your mindset goes with you. You have to face it. Yeah. And I ran away to the other side of the planet. Uh, and it didn't make it better, you know. Um, it, 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 it got dark before it got brighter, you know. Uh, but when you do face it, uh, all the fear goes. Fear, if you face it, it goes away. It's a strange thing. It only exists in the dark. Like a bully, you know, you, you meet a bully, you, you face up to the bully in some way. Now, I'm not saying physically, but in some way, you persist and your persistence wears him away because he's got his own issues, him or her, you know? Yeah. Um, Wise words, man. Yeah. So, and, and, and slowly over time, I came together. Now, I'm not the, like you say, you're not the perfect finished article, and I'm not, and I never will be. But I have a, a resilience now that uh, I realized, and I think it's innate in all of us, you know, we're the product of a long time of evolution. Some people say, well, the Christians would say 6,000 6, years. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, you know, but if you believe in evolution, it's a long time. We're in, and it's ongoing, you know. Mm. Um, but we have innate, we're the survivors, we're the ones who were, you know, our ancestors survived. And there's a reason for that. We have we have those instincts inside of us, um, and you can take, you know, you can take a lot, and and find ways around it. Just bend with the problems. Don't don't face them head on. Sometimes flanking maneuvers a lot of the time, and just talk things out. Is that is is talking your main way past things or around things or over things? Uh, you can think think things out, but it's good that sometimes you have to get it out. Uh, if, if I'm feeling really stressed and pent up and I go uh, training, afterwards you feel good because you, you let that energy out and you can look at things at, in a new, at a new angle, you know. Mm. Problem is there, but you can learn a, a different way to attack it. And some problems you can't solve. You have to accept that as well. Some yeah. problems there is no answer, you know. Uh, we're all aging. We're all going to age. Uh, you're going to watch your parents get old if they're still around. You're going to lose people or you'll be the one who's lost. It's easier to go actually than to see people who are close to you um, pass away. Yeah. Um, but, you know, their trial is over. If it, if it is a trial, you know, there's a lot of good stuff as well. Um, I don't want to sound too negative. But um, to get to the good stuff, you've you got to be able to... to, to uh, ship a bit of water and cast it off as well. You need to be, you need to be able to take a bit. Um, and that that's is simple lessons, but like I say, uh, look after your mental health. And the way to do that is it's just do a Google search, how to be uh, mentally healthy. It will say the same thing: diet, exercise, talk to people. Um, they'll be telling you. Uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, but not using those words. Mm. Maybe that should be taught in school instead of, uh, instead of religion. Uh, religion used to be taught in Ireland. It isn't anymore. That's another uh, step forward, I think, because people, people who are religious will find their own way there. And those yeah. who, who are not interested, they can step back. Or you could be eclectic and take a little bit from, from, from everywhere. In Southeast Asia, they're big into the Buddha. The Buddha said life is pain. So he says it right there, life is pain. 
And the reason for pain is desire. You want things. So the way to uh, moderate your pain is to, is to moderate your desires. Um, but I like life that. in the end is pain, according to the Buddha, if you believe that. Um, so you can't avoid it. You may don't run and be like me, face it. Uh, and uh, in the end, I did face it. I went to see the grave. It was a shock. It was a cold day here in Ireland. I come back from the heat. And it was a shock, like a physical blow. My God, they're down there, six feet under, further below the ground than she ever stood above it. And it eats into your, but you can cope. Just talk to the people around you. Yeah. So, have, you, have you got, do you power lift with, with mates that you can talk with or? Uh, well, now, uh, since the injury, uh, I, uh, I power lift on my own, but there's always people in the gym that you talk to. But when I go in there, it's like a job of work. Um, it's not um, social. Yeah, you got to before you got to get on. It, uh, before going, I dread it, and afterwards, I'm relieved and I feel good then after. But yeah. it's a job of work. Uh, I'm not sure how much longer. Maybe it served its purpose, but not. But I came back from that um, pec tear, which I didn't think, and uh, a doctor told me actually I wouldn't. Who you know, a, a, an expensive, well-known doctor here in Ireland. Uh, who shall remain nameless? Um, I didn't listen to him. I went to the first surgeon behind this guy's back. So no, I said, "Is that are you sure this is important to me? You sure there's nothing going to? No, it's healed in place. That's it. There's nothing they can do." Well, there was the first guy uh, did a direct repair. The second guy did it right. Um, I was in in Manchester in the sports clinic there. Uh, so you can the, the physical stuff you can overcome. And uh, the mental stuff is just as challenging, but uh, you can overcome that too. The mind can heal, can heal itself. percent. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have children or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got three children, um, 13, 12 and 6. So it's a bit of a mix. So you're arming them for the future with the, the correct mindset? Trying to. It's uh, it's work in progress. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it's a, the moments of crisis, they do come. They do pass as well. But uh, people should know that every one of us, should, there's things they should probably teach us in school that they don't. <laughs> they should teach us how to drive anyway, because we need to, to learn to drive. They should teach us uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. I think that's important that people need some kind of mindset. And teach us about money. They don't teach it in, our, in Ireland anyway. They didn't teach us about money. No. Uh, We're on the same way. They don't want us to know. We're definitely on the same wavelength. Um, I actually said this uh, about seven weeks ago to somebody about teaching money. And then for, out of the blue, this, this my children's school decided, yeah. to, decided to implement a new plan uh, around financial education. Yeah. It, was, it was like on the spot. It was just a spot decision. But it's so needed because uh, well, me and my wife have been through credit cards. And, you know, it's... Yeah. It's, you're not taught, like you say, you're not taught it, and you see, you might see your parents go through it, but yeah. you don't truly understand the implications of it. No, I think credit cards are, are. I got rid of mine. I had a visa. It was well in Cambodia. It was handy if I got into trouble. I could, you know, get myself out of it. But I never used it. I just relied on on savings. Uh, I think credit cards are personal. I don't need to. But yeah, this country had a huge crisis at that time, hmm. and the people here's a scary thing is that the experts are not experts. Nobody knew. No one saw the crash coming and they didn't know how to handle it at the time. They bailed out the bankers. They uh, 
people who they should have burned, they didn't burn. Iceland behaved much better in their crisis. Um, yeah. But they did bounce back, you know. Ireland is doing well again. They probably need housing in Dublin. Uh, what's happening with this Brexit? That's a strange thing. Did I you vote for Brexit? Um, I did the first time round. Did you? Um, if, you I, if you had a vote now, would you reverse it? Yes, I think I would. Yeah, I, I don't think it's good. I think you're better in than out. And yeah. also, I don't think Europe uh, Europe gave no ground at all. You know, there should have been a bit of give. If they had said um, to the British, uh, you can you can control your own courts and your own immigration, that, that would have been enough. Yeah. Uh, and everyone would have been better off. There's worries here now in Ireland that we're going to have troops on the border again in the north. Oh, no. Uh, it might not happen. Hopefully it doesn't, but it probably won't. But that is a fear. Um, I'll be going backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would be a big backward step. Um, and that's a, the north of Ireland, I think, was a mental health thing as well. There's a lot of, uh, in Belfast, there's a high suicide rate about, amongst young men. They don't have an outlet, I think. They have nowhere to go. Uh, and you have to be macho, which uh, isn't good. As we yeah, no, it's, uh, I think that's one of the highest problems, especially with youngsters and in the UK, is the fact that it's one of the, you know, the growing problems for society is this mental, the mental, uh, a lack of yeah mental health yeah a lack of awareness around how to, for children how to deal with it you know um, and yeah. especially when yeah. they get more and more isolated like my son's a, a Fortnite fan so they get yeah. more and more isolated they're more and more online um, so they, they haven't yeah. got yeah. they just sat there you know they just sat there gaming and I'm like I, I get the fact it's, it's becoming a technical world and they got to be armed with the yeah. skills that they need but I think it should be tempered yeah. with a little bit of common sense. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the, it's um, there's new challenges for for this new generation. The stuff that we didn't face. Yeah, and, and technology is one of them. Uh, they're they're brilliant at it. They've grown up with it. It took me uh, a long time just to figure out Zoom here and download. It. <laughs> these these kids are just yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Okay, I think I think that's uh, I think we've come to a. Oh, actually, there's one question I'd like to ask you. Oh, two questions. Yes. That's okay. First question is: um, Can you tell me a story about something that has amazed you? Amazed me. Jesus, I'm prepared. Um, go ahead, and I'll think about that. And tell me what's the second one? The second one is looking into the future. What would be the craziest and most exciting thing for you to be experiencing? Um, I hope these, the, you know, the Google cars that drive themselves come around. Okay. How would they negotiate the hills of Cork? Cork <laughs> is built for horses, you know. Okay. Little narrow streets. Um, so how would they negotiate? It was founded by the Vikings, actually. Cork, Waterford, Dublin. A lot of, uh, uh, you know, we're a mishmash of everything in Ireland. Um, yeah, one of them would be those, can those cars, it will come. Uh, and the, se the, the first question is actually linked to that because there's a, I think it's called Boston Robotics. Have you ever seen that? No. Uh, well, you can look them up, uh, look them up on YouTube. They're making uh, robots that can run, that can jump, that can do somersaults. Uh, they, they've got ones on wheels and, you know, 
uh, they've got one that looks, it looks like a mule and the uh, US Army, the military are, are thinking of using this thing to carry provisions into battle. Okay. And, uh, they've made it, it looks natural. It looks like, a, like almost like an organic, uh, like a creature. It can move the movement. If you push it, it'll stumble and correct itself. There's some kind of gyroscope. That's something that amazed me when I first saw it. Um, And the second one, I guess, is kind of technology. And in the future, yeah, I'd like to, well, I don't drink, uh, but if I did drink, it it actually would be great for Ireland because uh, (laughs) they had a thing here where you've got people in the countryside and you have uh, good for mental health as well. Pubs in Ireland were good for mental health because you had old people would go in and they'd have a few drinks. But then the drink driving ban came and they can't, uh, you know, some places have where they, they all group together and someone drives them home. If you had this self-autonomous vehicle that could drive them home and it was really good and efficient, mm-hmm. that would be good uh, because the people could go have their few drinks and, and not worry about drink driving. That's cool. I like that. Right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> okay, so the last bit then is, um, so obviously in an author, you've written a couple of books as well as yeah. a... I have one. I have one question for you after this, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, and your power lifter too. So, where can the audience find you, uh, and in what platforms? Uh, well, the the book was on Synergy Books, the the better one, I guess, not the Cambodian one. The Cambodian one, I must look at it again. Might be interesting because that would reflect the mindset. I think it was all the truth, thinly veiled. All the people who were there. There's a book on a badly written book on. Cambodia called Off the, Ro- Off the Rails in Phnom Penh. And the guy who wrote that, he was there before my time, but I knew some of the people he was writing about. All right, okay. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can hire an RPG in Cambodia, maybe. Then, anyway. <laughs> this is 10 years ago. And you can, you can, if you pay enough, you can fire it at a cow and blow up a cow. Some people did it. No, I wouldn't be that cruel. But, uh, so, well, West. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was a bit... Yeah, it was nuts. Um, yeah, I wouldn't go back, to be honest. But at that time. Um, so you, uh, I guess lulu.com, you'll find the two books. And powerlifting is just a hobby, but I'm on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel under okay. my name. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll post the links so that people can come to your site and check you out. So. Okay. Here's, here's my, my question to you is, uh, uh, we're both follically challenged. <laughs> yes, we are. Now I went bald when I was uh, in my twenties, maybe early twenties. Snap! It never bothered me, but did it? Did it bother you? Because I, I know a lot of people who, who did. I can I can remember distinctly the, the very first time I was away. Yeah. I'd spent fifteen pounds on a haircut, and she, do you know the moment when they got on the back of your head with the mirror? Yeah. And she went around the back, and she went it quickly, and then and you could see. I said, I said, "Go back, go back to the middle." And she yeah. said, "Right, lift it up, lift it up." I said, "What the is that?" <laughs> <laughs> So I said, right, there and end. I said, just get it off. It's gone. Yeah. Cut it all off. I was 22. So it didn't bother you? No. Well done. Uh, we're both one step ahead of Trump then because I think it bothers you. <laughs> There's no way when I do that comb over. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's a work of art. <laughs> Thomas, thank you so much for the day. It's been yeah. a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I, I hope you can stay in touch. And, uh, yeah. And best of, best of luck with the with the podcast, and let me know if there's any feedback. Hopefully, we we might have helped someone. Hopefully, that's what I'm uh, I'm hoping. Anyway. I'm hoping somebody's going to reach out from this, so I'll, I'll keep yeah. in touch with you. And we can. Uh... Uh, yeah, if anyone's in trouble, just start talking, reach out, and take active steps to 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 look after your mental health. And uh, you know, every, everything gets better. 
there's always a dawn after a darkness. And that's a lovely place to finish. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. Bye-bye. All the best. So just jumped off the call with Thomas Keddy. Uh, what a man. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed that one. Some wise words. So if there's people out there that are struggling, please reach out. You're not alone. Um, there's people out there that was willing to listen, willing to engage with you. Just uh, you've got to get to the point where you've had enough and you won't change. Because it'll happen. It'll come. Um, and let's say the people will be there. You just need to trust. So please reach out to me, uh, Joel Ingram on Facebook or the midlifecrisisman.com. Uh, please get in touch. Even if it's to say uh, something you'd like me to cover, something you'd like me to, you know, questions you'd like me to ask or cover in future interviews. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. And please, if you could, I'd be honored if you would uh, rate, review or subscribe. Uh, I've got a following of around, I think it's 96 people. I'm looking to expand it. Um, so if you think this show would suit somebody or you'd like to think it'd be share, you could share it in such a way that, that would provide benefit to somebody else, even if it's just to shift perspective, I'd be supremely grateful. Um, so yeah, that's it. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for listening.